welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 73. And for those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad you found this podcast. I don't know why I wanted to clap at the same time. This is already making it just super weird, and I love it. Uh, would love if you guys would subscribe. As always, you can reach out to me on all the socials. It's right here. Like, I'm reading it word for word, and I still can't read it. It makes absolutely no sense. But anyways, today's guest, uh, she's kind of awesome. I ran across uh, Sarah on Instagram Reels. We were talking about before we started recording. I'm like, it's just super creepy to just be like, hey, I met you on Instagram. Do you want to go talk with me for just a little bit? Um, but she's promoting just just great, great advice about healthy living, healthy eating and living and just just like overall well-being this really attitude of like stop talking shit about yourself and kind of give yourself some credit where credit is uh due if you will but sarah thank you so much for joining me on the show today thank you for having me i also like the clapping i feel like that music just like put us in this like good energetic vibe and i was like clapping with you <laughs> i'm glad you were because so many times i get comments from my friends that are like hey so i watched the podcast video and your guests look very uncomfortable while you're dancing in that intro because i'm like i said obviously i know what's happening and i'm just like yeah let's let's do it and, and everyone, the guests are just like oh uh, no i was vibing right with you i was ready for it i dig it well as we just, I just want to hop into this because I'm sure we're going to have our pre-conversation just went for 15 minutes, just about absolute nonsense. Um, but I definitely want to hop into everything there. So Sarah, just let people know a little bit about yourself and we'll just hop right in. Sure. Um, I am a certified health coach. I focus on intuitive eating and mindset, kind of like what you had described about just like healthy eating and living and kind of wrapping it up in this nice bow. Um, and I, I come from a place of, I've had obviously my own experience with food and movement in my relationship with those things. And obviously combining that with education and becoming a certified health coach. And I'm currently going through the certified intuitive eating counselor training program to kind of further take it in that direction. So I really help, um, anyone really both men, women, anyone with intuitive eating. So stepping out of diet culture and really coming back to this place of listening to your body, being able to make decisions based on what you want, not what you think you should be doing or what, what some diet or celebrity told you that you should do and put that into practice through movement, through what you eat, through the way that you talk to yourself. And I actually just had a client this morning be like, I just realized that it's all connected. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, like, welcome to the club. Here we go. <laughs> Like it's, you can say it all the time, right? It's all connected. The way you talk to yourself, what you eat, how you move, but then to actually experience it and feel it is such a, it, it's such a game changer. And so it is truly recognizing that what you do, well, how you eat, how you move, how you sleep, your relationships, stress, all the things, um, impact, impact your life. And it, it truly is a lifestyle and the way that you want to live without rules, without restrictions, without having to save up something for a birthday or an event or, um, or anything like that. I mean, like if I want a cookie on a Tuesday afternoon, I'm going to have the cookie and I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to enjoy it. And then I'm going to stop any guilt that would have come if I would have been like, oh, like I shouldn't have had that. I, I should have had that on a Saturday. That's what that day is for. <laughs> really long like introduction to who I am but that it's I could like talk about it for 17 hours it's 
Yeah. Yeah. The 17-hour version you guys can get on Patreon. No, I should I, I should just say it. Like, I don't have a Patreon, but we should just be like, hey, just give me money and I promise it'll be there. It's not It's not going to be there. I'm not going to set that up. That's a, lot, that's a lot of work for your dollar a month. Anyways, that's a whole... That's a whole nother subject. Um, I I love this idea of the way you move, like this whole idea of movement, because there's a lot of pieces that are involved with that. Obviously, we talked you said about like the the food aspect of it, and then also how we talk about our like talk about ourselves and talk to ourselves, and how we can get wrapped up into this like guilty conscious kind of thing where you're like. I mean, it's, I mean, it's literally just negative feelings towards yourself. Like you have this, if you beat yourself down and just speak negative thoughts into yourself, it's the same thing as if all you did was look at negative thoughts. We can look in this past year just with the news in general, like how many people were literally like be, have become depressed because of just being inundated with negativity and people don't realize, I don't think like how much you do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. It is like. Honestly, all of the work comes down to the programming that you've you've been exposed to all the way back to childhood, right? The things that your parents told you, your friends told you, the media you consumed, the commercials you saw. I, I distinctly remember this commercial about coffee making you feel happy or less lonely. And like I have like I can remember the jingle and everything. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and that just it just proves to me how we've been taught that food can give you, it can make you feel happy, can make you feel less lonely, can make you feel loved, all these things. And going back to that's how you've been programmed. So that's what you're going to believe. That's going to determine your feelings and your attitudes and ultimately your actions. So it goes all the way back to if you're constantly consuming negative news, or if you're constantly consuming diet culture, or you're constantly seeing people who don't look like you, then that's what you're going to believe is beauty or is the standard or is whatever. And, and we have to kind of go back to re change that and reprogram that in order to kind of all the way affect what we believe. And that is with movement, with eating, they're all, it's all the things that we've learned. And that's kind of what you do now. You can kind of like, Oh, how did I, why do I do this? How did, who taught me that this is what, what I should be doing. Yeah, that programming thing is so important, I think, because you just, you literally nailed it on the head at the very end there. It's who taught me this? How many of the things that we do in a day-to-day basis and how we act, I mean, you can go any like social economic kind of, anything you do was more than likely taught. It's, you know, we talk about, I mean, we don't need to talk about racism, but that, that a lot of that stuff is a, is a taught type of process. We, we teach ourselves or we're taught the kinds of foods you should eat. I remember the food pyramid and mm-hmm. saying like, these are all the things you need. And then I remember growing up and people were like, well, the food pyramid's not a hundred percent, right? Like you should be doing more of this. And I'm like, no, 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 I want that top piece. Like I want my sugary snacks. Like no. And really that top piece should be the bottom piece. I should build my base on sugary snacks and Capri Suns <laughs> because that seems like the most logical thing, but we're, we're kind of fed all of this information. It all depends on where you're from and how you grew up of mm-hmm. like, what is appropriate and kind of how that programming kind of directs your thoughts and actions. That's, that's a good point. And like, and what you were saying about movement too, with that is that movement. And as you start to kind of become aware of how you move your body is, were you an athlete growing up and you were taught that you always have to eat before you go to practice or that you have to eat X, Y, and Z, or were you taught that, 
food is what you do to earn a, a treat or to earn something. I'm using quotes. That's bad because we don't, there are no good and bad foods, but it's easier for you to understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Or were you taught that if you ate something that is less nutritious, that you have to work out because of it. And that's as punishment. Or do you move because it's just fun, right? I remember like being a kid and you're just running around the yard playing like kick the can for fun. And it wasn't like, let's go work out. Let's go like play kick the can around the house. It was like, let's go, let's go play outside and let's go run around. Not, uh, I need to go to a spin class for 45 minutes and I have to burn 700 calories because I'm going out to dinner tonight. How, this is a very high level, very rhetorical question. There isn't a right answer, but how do we kind of get culture out of that mindset? I think, I think we're turning a corner because people are kind of a little more aware of, of kind of everything that's going along with this programming, if you will. But how do we kind of break out of that mindset of, to your point of, well, in order for me to go out to dinner tonight, I know I'm I like, I want a steak tonight or whatever. I'm a vegetarian, so it's not what I want to want, but let's say I want a steak tonight. And like in order for me to do that, I need to make sure I get my run in. If I don't get my run in, I shouldn't have dessert as well. Or I shouldn't have a drink because those empty calories aren't necessarily what I need. How do we kind of break out of that mindset? It's a big one. It's a good one. So one is a lot of this comes from, is this going to help me lose weight or is this going to make me gain weight? That's kind of what all of everything comes down to because we've been taught that there's a certain ideal body and that being thinner is healthier and that you should, oh, you should always be trying to lose weight. And that's, that's where like the root of that stems from. The other thing is that people always tend to rely on movement as the key to losing weight or as like the key to health. Mm. When in reality, it's your food mindset. It's the way that it's everything that we've just talked about. And movement is and can be is a pure, like joy, joyous movement. And that could be doing CrossFit or going to lift weights or going to a spin class or taking a walk or doing yoga. And it, it, we, it's breaking apart this movement and working out an exercise equals weight loss or working out an exercise equals I can eat this food, kind of pulling apart the association, the bond between it and to to truly ask yourself, am I enjoying this movement? And especially in quarantine, I, in my own, I, yes, I coach this, but like, I'm also going through my own journey with it. And in quarantine, I never, never, ever, ever considered working out at home. Literally never. I mean, I live in New York. My apartment is rather small, so it wasn't a huge option. <laughs> right. <laughs> if I had a house, it might be a different story, but I never considered it. And now, and I used to base my workout on whether it was good or bad if I sweated. So I also teach yoga and I taught at a studio that the rooms were hot. And if I took a class and left and didn't break a sweat, I was like devastated. I was like, why I'm not sweating. It wasn't hot enough. It wasn't a good enough class. Yada, yada. And, and now moving from home and doing yoga on my mat in a not like scalding hot room has brought me to this place where it's like, Oh, it, I don't need to sweat for it to be considered like a good workout for me. I don't need to do it for 45 minutes or an hour. I don't need to use it to eat. I would, I would look at my watch and like, did I burn enough calories? And it's like, no, I'm moving because it feels 
really, for lack of a better word, really fucking good. Yeah. And that's, and it makes me feel strong or it makes me feel whatever. And that's how you can kind of start to go through the way you move. And just like the next couple of days, if you're planning out your movements, it's like, well, why, why do I think that I should be doing that? Is it because of the perceived benefits or the perceived that I should be doing this? Everyone says that I should be lifting weights three times a week, but what if I don't want to mm-hmm. do, I should force myself to do that. And it's like, no, because if you force yourself to do something that you hate and you dread one, you're never going to do it. And two, how, what, what a life. Like I'm going to do stuff that's horrible and I don't want to do it just because I think that I should. No, there might be a time when you're like, wow, lifting weights sounds like really cool. And I want to feel really powerful like that. And if that's not right now, that's okay. Yeah. I, I love that idea of, of kind of associating the negative to it because you can see it, like thinking about it, you see it in like TV shows, you see it in movies and that sort of thing. Like when you grew up, I always joke about it, I'm a runner now, but running is usually the most punishment for other sports. Like when I played baseball, like if you had to run, you're like, oh, I hate this, this is so shitty. Like, why am I have to do this? But that really goes like, you think about the, the mind shift that took of like, hey, running sucks and I don't want to do this anymore. And now that's that's literally all I do. You can, you can quickly see how people can get that programming of associating, like you said, whether sweating means you're actually doing a lot of work. I am a sweater. Like I'm, I'm in PT right now and I feel bad for my physical therapist when I get off of the, the, the table after I'm just like, I'm just drenched. The entire table is drenched. Like they probably have to bleach it when I get off of it. But you know, then you see other people that aren't sweating at all. And it's like, well, it, does that mean I'm out of shape? It's like, no, I can go run a marathon today. I'm not out of shape. It's just how my body reacts to whatever the situation is. So it's, it's funny because people can associate, and this is kind of my what point I'm trying to get to. I'm just going around my ass the head to get to it, <laughs> is, is this idea of we are linking these things together. So we're saying this hurt is, is not positive in nature. I don't have positive thoughts when I think about doing these things. When I'm working out, it does not bring me positive thoughts. So if your idea is weight loss or whatever the case might be, you're getting stronger, you instantly go to, well, I have to do all these negative things. And then you put yourself in a negative mindset. And then once you're in that negative mindset, you don't see the results then. You kind of then get stuck. You're like, no, everybody else is seeing it. Everybody else is seeing the results that you're, you're doing. You're like, you're getting stronger. You might be getting leaner, whatever, whatever activity you're doing. You can see, they can see the results, but you're still so clouded with that negativity. And it all comes down to, you said the, the should or shouldn't, back to the why as well. Why are we doing any of this? What is your end goal, if you will? If you don't know your why, I've talked about it on the podcast every week. I'm sure these people are tired of hearing it. But if you don't know your why, you can't move with purpose and intentionality because you don't know why you're going there. If you're just aimlessly going throughout this life and kind of not focusing in on the pieces, it's not saying you're getting it right the first time. You're going to fail. We all do. But understanding why I'm doing something. Why am I working out? Am I doing it because a celebrity said this is what I need to do? Or why am I doing whatever X, Y, and Z? This is semi-related, but mostly not. John Oliver just had a bit about um, <coughs> sponsored uh, sponsored content on news stations. I don't know if you've seen this, but he's literally talking about how like 
these medical professionals buy spots on news channels and it looks like they're real things, but they're not real things. And at the end of it, they literally made up this like, I think they called it like a sex blanket or something like that to help you with some sort of sexual intimacy, oh. something or another. Literally all it was was a blanket. They And they went to four or five news stations and actually had an actor on there showing the benefits of this. And it was just like, he was like, and this one, cost, it cost us $2,500. And now we're, now we're showing this. And it's like that stuff is happening way too often, especially in the social media world we're in now with influencers and stuff like that. It's like, I'm an influencer for brands, but they're brands that I truly agree with. And I, I use their products as I'm sure you, you have things that you support because that's what you actually use. But people that are just like, Hey, because Kim Kardashian did it, I should be doing it. And that's like, yeah, but her why is to make more money. You know what I mean? Like she she has a, a regimen that has nothing to do with this. This is not a part of her why. It's just a piece in that puzzle. I went on in, in circles. But I love everything you're saying. <laughs> you're, you're good. At, and it, and it's, it is getting really clear about about your why, but also, and this kind of, it ties, obviously it ties into food too, because I, at the start of, and we'll talk about later, but at the start of my, my programs, I have everyone keep uh, an eating journal that I've created. And it's not like a MyFitnessTalk calorie counting, but it's really to get you to understand why you're eating, mm. not in a judgment zone, but just a complete observation of why did I go to the pantry or why am I having this? Is it because it's breakfast time or it's lunch time, or is it because I'm bored or what, what's going on? And I, I think we can get caught up in just life going as it is. And you just go to spin class because that's what you do. And, and you like it. You never questioned it. Not that it needs to be questioned, but to stay conscious of why am I going today? Am I going because I know that's going to make me feel really good? Or am I going because of what I ate last night? Or am I going because my friend mm -hmm. wants to, and no, no reason is necessarily better or worse than the other, but for you to be aware of why you're doing what you're doing and, and that's kind of the biggest key to everything, because once you're aware of it, then you can decide whether or not you want to change it and whether or not it's positively contributing to the life you want to have, the person that you want to be. And, and that's kind of where the awareness allows you to propel forward into the actual change, the behaviors, the, the reprogramming. Yeah, I think that awareness piece, you said in like very short what I was trying to say in the 10 minutes that I just went in circles. <laughs> but this idea of being aware of what's going on, like you said, there's not a right or wrong answer. Like, yes, I go to the cupboard because I'm bored sometimes during the day and I just want some trail mix. Like, that's literally why I got up and ate. There's no real reason for it. But being aware that that's happening, like my wife had to point that out. Like, hey, by the way, you went through five pounds of trail mix, like in two weeks, like, are you actually hungry? Like, are you just not eating enough after your run? Like what's there? And then when you take that step back, you're like, wait a second. Okay. Why am I doing that? Again, not necessarily right or wrong, but it depends on once you know, you're aware of what is happening. You can then make those decisions consciously, not subconsciously, because that's where we get into trouble when we get into that autopilot and I'm doing things because other people are doing things or I'm just doing things because that's the way it's always been and not necessarily questioning, taking that step back. I've talked about it before. We have, you know, as kids, we are, we are always like, why? We always want to know these things. Why does this happen? Why does this, why is the sky blue? Why is grass green? Why is this? And for the most part, adults say, because it is. That's the way it is. And that's what, and you're like, 
you, you don't realize, like, again, talking about our, this idea of like this negativity in the programming, how much that limits people then, you know, because they've had those studies where they're like, you know, kindergartners, they want to be astronauts and they want to be, you know, cowboys, or they want to be whatever. And then by the time you get to like middle school, it's like, well, I can't do any of those things because that's not realistic because of, yeah. because of whatever I am, man, woman, short, tall, whatever it is you kind of get put in like, well, that's just not doable. And you hear that enough, even if it's just very subtle, you know, you see the pictures on the, the walls. I remember when they like started putting like women astronauts, like on those pictures in schools and stuff like that. Like people thought it was like the biggest deal. And I'm like, it is because now girls realize that's something they can do. And it's not one of those things where you're like, wait a second, I only see white men up here. Why do Mm -hmm. I only see white men up on this board? Is, does that mean I don't fit because I don't look like these people? So, I mean, not necessarily food, but it all kind of goes into that same idea of the programming, how it affects so many different areas of our life and how we move in between each one of those areas. Totally. And it, and it one, I don't know why this came to my brain, but clean plate club comes to mind too, in that area of when I was little, we had to go to my grandpa to be and show our plates mm. and ask to be excused. And uh, if my grandpa ever listens to us, which I don't think he will, I love you. And I'm not mad. I will. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't damage my childhood. <laughs> I worked through it. I got through it. Um, You're aware and, of it. You're aware of it. <laughs> and if it was clean, always you got excused. If there was something left, I just remember having to give like a reasoning for it. Like either I don't like it or I'm full work sometimes or whatever it was. And you, you get, I mean, like flash forward 20 plus years later and it's like, oh, I'm still cleaning my plate mm. because of all those years growing up being told that to leave the table or to signify that dinner is done, you had to finish and to be excused. And, and I pretty much all of my clients have that instilled in their brain and working through that too of like, that's what you were told. And that's what you believe to be true. So that was what your actions are. And that's okay. But now you want to change it because you're seeing that you're constantly overeating or you're constantly mindlessly, unconsciously finishing your plate without ever actually tasting the food. Or you're not looking forward to the experience because you're worried that you're going to overeat. And so becoming aware of those things gives you the platform to change them, to work through it. And sometimes, and I always say this too, the awareness is like the first couple of weeks of of a program. And I have this like vision of a cartoon where they open the door and like all the water comes out or all the suitcases fall out. And that's kind of what it is because you're, you're thinking like, Oh my God, I do all of this stuff. Where do I start? I want to tackle all of it right now. (laughs) And and it's not right. You learn clean plate club, however many years ago, and you're still doing it. We have to rewire all those years and then change it moving forward, which which is why I think intuitive eating and this practice and way of living is, is scary for lack of better words, because a diet is here are the rules. Mm. Here's what the promised benefits are. And here, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. Don't deviate from the plan and you're going to get this, the results. Whereas intuitive eating is there are no rules. 
You have unconditional permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want it, as long as you're mindful about it and you feel good, you're listening to your body's cues, then you're good. But it's also, it's rejecting the idea of diet culture, of thin is the best, of losing weight is the goal. Mm -hmm. And that's a big shift for a lot of people because we, a lot of people, myself included, used to we value our weight determines our worth. Mm. And, and that tends to be the underlying factor of all this, which to makes all of our decisions for us. I'm going to eat this salad because it, I've been taught that that's going to help me lose weight. I'm not going to eat this cookie because I've been taught that that's going to make me gain weight. And so again, it's going back to all this programming, but the awareness gives you the platform to change. I love that. The idea too, that the diet with the rules is almost like if you follow the simple instructions, you will get the desired result. But how often does that actually happen? Because even if you follow every single piece of this, we're all not the same. Mm -hmm. We all have different environments around us that are kind of contributing to that. Like it might not be, I may not be able to eat three square meals a day, like just with my time. Like I, it just can't happen. I, I'm working too much or whatever the case may be. I can, I can grab snacks. Like, well, you can't snack because that's not, it's not a part of the rules. And now you, you failed. But that's the point right there is we're worried about failure. And this is food or anything. Uh, we're obviously seeing this is all going across the board. But whether, no matter what it is, we, we as a society usually fear, fear failure. And in doing that, we want to know the roadmap that's going to lead us to success. So we think, hey, diet plan, they're saying, if I do these things, I'm going to end up being successful. What I deem successful, we'll just use diet for an example, a plan. I want to lose weight. This diet says, if I do this, if I do the the South Beach diet, is that still a thing? Do people still do that South Beach diet? I remember those infomercials years ago. Uh, But that if I do that in three months, I'll lose 20 pounds whatever the case might be. So I will follow these rules and that's what's going to happen, but it's not going to happen. You're going to get discouraged along the way. And when you do that, then you, we go recircling. You you hit those negative thoughts, you hit those things, but we want this kind of like laid out plan that isn't necessarily uh, productive in nature. And I'm sure you see it coaching people and stuff like that. So how do you get people out of that mindset of tell me what to do and I'll do it and more or less kind of understanding like, hey, we need to be aware of your situation and what's going on with you and kind of let you guide it. It's not me telling you the rubric. Exactly. And that's like the 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 big thing of it is that I'm not your expert. I'm not your teacher. I'm not even really your guide. I'm your partner. Mm-hmm. And I will probe you with questions to make you dig deeper and to understand. But ultimately, you're the, it's your life. I'm not going to tell you how to live it or how you want to feel. You get to decide your goals. You get to decide what life you want to live. And I, and I, if you haven't read Atomic Habits, um, I highly recommend. I but, literally just got a notification that it's available on my ebook yesterday. So, yeah. yeah. Um, he talks about and... Well, there's other books too, but he talks about um, your identity-based goals. So we set a lot of performance-based goals, lose weight, run faster, uh, lift more weights, be more flexible, whatever it is. And to think about what type of person does those things. 
what's, what's the person you want to be? We can get so caught up and I want to do X, Y, and Z, or I want to accomplish these goals, but what type of person does that? What type of person has food freedom? What type of person doesn't feel guilty after eating a cookie? And you, and I, we will work through that of, well, what, what type of person, if you close your eyes and in six months, a year, two years from now, who you want to be, what type of person are you? What does that person do? What do they say? What do they think? That's, that's how you make the change. That's how, that's how this partnership works is that you get to decide who you want to be. And I will work with you to go through all of the mindset work, to go through all of the actions. And it's so funny. My coaching has changed so much that I remember I started coaching over two and a, almost three years ago. And I would set goals of like, you're going to work out four times per week, or you're going to do, you're going to eat four salads a week. And I like roll in my, uh, I don't even know, but it, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. I wasn't yeah. like my eating journey also was in a different place three years ago than it is now. And I was a different person then too, but it's, it's really about doing, this is going to sound so cheesy, but like doing what makes you feel good. And if that can be your ultimate compass of, I want to do this, this is going to make me feel good, or I want to do this. And I always get pushback of, okay, but if I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, I'm just going to want pizza and ice cream and Cheetos forever. And I heard, um, I can't remember who said it, but they were like, if I told you that for the next 30 days, all you could have was pizza, ice cream and Cheetos, you would be begging me for a vegetable. You'd be begging me for something else. And it just goes to show that that's not the case, right? Everyone's so worried about, well, then I'm going to want pizza every day. And I'm like, but is that going to make you feel good? Are you going to like, are you going to feel good after day eight or day four of having pizza? I don't know. And, uh, and that's where, that's where like the, the light bulb kind of clicks when they experience it of, Oh, I can have a pizza on a Tuesday night and I can have a salad on a Saturday night. If I want to, it doesn't have to be so rigid, which is what we've been taught with diets, that these are the rules, break the rules and you fail. And the, I mean, it's a $72 billion industry with like a 3% success rate. And all it does is teach us that we're failures, that weight loss is the goal, that weight loss brings you confidence and happiness and relationships and all the things that we ultimately want. And it doesn't, but it's hard when you've been taught that for so long, why would you believe anything different? Right. That's everything you see with, with whether it's, on TV or in movies, it's like the people that are the the most attractive, the most sought after, the most uh, influential, they all look a certain way. They all Ooh. act a certain way and they do certain things. And it's like, if you were that person that was doing all, like eating pizza and eating all this stuff, like, well, that's the, that's the stoner that sits on the side. Like, that's what they do the entire time. Like, productive person in society is, you know, having, you know, a quinoa salad. Like that's what they're doing. Um, that, that Geico commercial right now where they're talking about quinoa. Have you seen that one with the, uh, I'm on like so many different tangents today. It's, it's just, I'm all over the place. There's the one that says like how to make people not become their, their parents. Oh my God, I love those commercials. And there's one, it's like, it's like quinoa on the board. He's like, how do you pronounce that? And he's like, Joaquim. And you're like, no, that's not, it's not Joaquim. Yes. Um, sorry. That's 
I shouldn't have said quinoa because I knew exactly that's where my head was going to go because that's all I've been saying now. Like, we'll be in Kroger at the store and I'd be like, look, honey, Joaquin. And she's like, that's not, you shouldn't uh-huh. say those things out loud. Um, but yeah, this, this idea of there's a right and wrong way to do things, we can kind of really get into that mindset. And a lot of people, again, are looking for the answer, if you will. And if they're not getting the answer, they're going to just jump, shift, and switch things. That's why a lot of people that that do diets and get attached to this diet culture jump from diet to diet because they still think the diet is the answer. It was just the wrong one. I was just on the wrong one. This Mm -hmm. one is just meat. I'm going to eat no no carbs. I'm just going to eat straight meat. And then the next one's like, no, 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 that was the problem is I need like all broccoli. I just need to eat broccoli seven days a week and not have it. And it's like, do you not realize the problem here? Like there's a common denominator is these things aren't working because you're at the center of it, trying to have all of these external things uh, kind of tell you what is right and what is wrong rather than like, Hey, our bodies are pretty smart to your point. If you try to eat pizza and ice cream for a week, you are going to feel like absolute garbage. Like the first day or two, you're like, Hey, this is delicious. I feel good. But it's like, I'm not going to want to get up and like move like your skin's going to be oily and greasy and disgusting. Your hair is going to be ratty. You're not going to have any energy. You're going to crash halfway through the day. And it's like, no, your body is a good person, a good thing to tell you when you're doing the right thing for you. So how about you just listen to what your body's telling you to do? It's, it's relatively smart. It sounds so easy to say of like, trust your body, but like, (laughs) When we've been told for how many, that's why diet, follow the diet because you can't trust your body. You're going to eat pizza and ice cream for forever. So follow this. We'll tell you what to do. When in reality, no one knows your, your taste palette. No one knows what you like better than you. No one knows your fullness signals better than you. No one knows your hunger cues better than you. And, and that's a scary thing to be able to do that. And I also want to plug in here too, that intuitive eating and living in this way is a privilege because Mm -hmm. if food is scarce or it's not readily available, then it, it is, it, it's hard to say, well, I'm full now. I'm going to put this leftovers aside when you don't know when your next meal is coming, that can't happen, right? Because you're going to eat, you don't know when your next meal is coming. So you're going to eat everything that's in front of you. So in, in this too, it is a privilege to have the availability of food available for me to say, well, I'm not going to finish this cookie because I know that any day I could go get one. That's a privilege to be able to do that. And so I also want to say that intuitive eating in itself, it it is, it is a privilege. And that if that's not financially or readily available for you and you're like, Oh, like discouraged, it's, it's not something to be discouraged about because that's, that's the situation that is, that's what you do with the situation that you're in almost. And so, and I say that because I, I know that that's not everyone's uh, availability, that there's not a endless amount of food that you want. So I just want to plug that in there too, because everything I'm saying is eat what you want and then work to stop when you're full because you know that you can have that whenever. But in reality, sometimes you can't just go get a whatever, something that you want all the time. And, but that was what I used to think of. I have to finish this right now because I'm never going to have this. I can't even, I don't even know avocado toast for breakfast, avocado toast ever again. And people be like, well, like you could go get it tomorrow. And I'd be like, no, 
I have to finish it right now. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, um, it, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but it is this like overall, this unconditional permission to eat what you want when you want it while listening to your body. But the trust is, is it seems like when you're in point A of ready to ditch the diet culture and to leave diets and then being like the goal is to trust your body. It seems like on the other side of the world, because how could you trust your body when you've been taught for however many years not to? Right. And I think it goes back to that semi-awareness kind of thing is Mm -hmm. once you realize, oh, wait a second, the reason I think this is because of the programming. Like that's why it is. It's not because it's true per se. It's because the programming has told me these things are filling in of this is the right way to do it. Any other way of thinking is the wrong way in it. If you can hold on one second, I need to close the windows because it's raining and I'm pretty sure the apartment's getting wet. (laughs) Literally the first time I've had to get up for that (laughs) before. Like usually it's other guests and I get to be that jerk that has to like get up in the middle of it. I don't know how much of that I'm going to cut out. I might just cut out like 10 seconds of it and we're just going to leave it, leave it there. But um, yeah, whatever. But one thing you did, you did make a really good point talking about kind of access to food. Like we didn't talk about hangry and I don't know if you saw anything on my page about it, but that's kind of where hangry fills in is there's, there's a, there's not a supply problem with food. It's usually a distribution problem food of people getting the food. So hangry kind of fills into who you think I like ran a marathon. I literally ran to the window. Um, but we kind of help with that kind of bridging the gap, but that is very important to say, because if you don't have access to these kinds of things, it doesn't again, make it seem like you will never be able to get to your goal or figure out what it is. You just have to figure out what works out for you and using, using the resources that you do have available to you doing like using those to the fullest ability. I think a lot of us can get caught up in the, um, kind of related, but not like a victim culture kind of mentality of, I can't help any of this. This is how it is. This is the situation I've been put into. There's nothing I can do about it. And, you know, we can, we can always control how we react to situations. We can't control what happens to us, but we can always control our reaction. And I think that's something that is again, a very hard thing. All the things we're talking about are really easy to like, just say, and yes. like, like, yeah, this makes total sense. Like, why don't people get this? Like, but the problem is, is like, we've both been through these things where you're just, like, you're in the thick of it and you don't yeah. see a way out of it. You don't understand yeah. that there's something greater that you could be accomplishing. And that awareness piece is so, so important to kind of just open your eyes and realize, you know, you know what? I am worth it. Like, why am I putting myself down in this aspect? And I think that's, that's something else I kind of wanted to talk to you about is this idea of kind of self-worth and kind of bringing yourself up because we can get so caught into this, like, okay, I'm aware of it. You made a, a good analogy. We talked about like the cartoon kind of thing. It's like, I'm now aware of all of this shit. <laughs> I have shit coming from me from all directions because I was like, well, I was doing nothing right, apparently. So now you're like fully aware of this, but how do we still treat ourselves with respect and knowing that, hey, we're still worth something. It's not just, oh, I'm a piece of shit and I'm never, it's gonna, it's gonna take me forever to get climb out of this, this hole. How do we kind of re- reprogram ourselves again very high level rhetorical questions there's no real answer for it but i'm gonna let you try 
Um, I, the biggest thing is self-compassion. It's really easy to whatever situation you're in or whatever happened or whatever you become aware of that you're doing, the initial instinct is to judge or to shame yourself or to feel guilty for it. And, and to pull yourself out of that and to be compassionate. And what I like to do in like the self-talk space is imagine that you're your friend, your friend comes to you and is like, Oh my gosh, I just found out I do all of this stuff. How could I let this happen to me? Blah, 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 whatever. And what would you say to them? Would you be like, Oh my gosh, you did that. You're so dumb. Like you're so X, Y, and Z. No, you would be compassionate to them. I mean, I don't know in relationship with your friends, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe you need new friends. If your friends would say that to you, you have shitty friends. Like let's, we'll circle that block, but. Oh my God. And, and it is how, how, if someone came to you with how you're feeling, what would you say back to them? How would you want to be kind and make them feel better about their situation and, and help them move forward? Probably. And it's a lot easier. And that exercise works because it's a lot easier to do that for friends, for family, for strangers that we don't know than it is to do that to ourselves. And so the first thing is to be compassionate and to, to say, I, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know that I was running to the pantry when I was stressed out. I didn't know that I was doing that. So how could I possibly change that? Mm-hmm. Or I didn't know that I was taught this way about carbs. It's okay. It's okay. Now you're aware. Now we can move forward without judgment. You're, you're the observer. That's, that's your role in this, in the awareness perspective part. And to start with that compassion. And then as you kind of work through and become more aware of that self-talk that's going on in your brain and, and to start exercise, I always give people is to start to listen to the sentiment. Is it more positive or is it more negative? Mm. And then what are the most common negative self-talk phrases you hear your voice say? And uh, the idea is, and in, uh, oh my gosh, a camera. No, it's in what to say when you talk to yourself. He, He gives this analogy of, if you're, you're in an apartment and it's all old furniture, you don't want it anymore. So you move all the furniture out to a dumpster. Now you're sitting in an empty apartment, but you want to watch TV. So you don't have a TV. So you're going to go back to the dumpster, get the old TV, put it back in your apartment. And then eventually you just kind of fill your apartment back up with all your old stuff. And that's the same thing with negative self-talk is you don't, you realize, okay, I don't want this negative self-talk anymore. So you're trying to like clear it out, but unless you have a positive self-talk phrase to replace a new belief to replace it with, you're going to come back to the old stuff over and over again. So that exercise works because it's, okay, here are the most common phrases. What do I want to believe instead? And then every time that phrase comes up, I'm going to instantly replace it. And it's a lot of freaking work at first because it's, if it's your voice is loud and it's negative it's going to take work all the time because now you're going to stop letting those negative beliefs slide. You're going to say, Hmm, I don't want to believe that anymore. I want to believe this. And I'm going to start to repeat that to myself over and over again. That is so good. That, (laughs) that I, I mean, it really is like the idea of repeat replacing those things. Cause that analogy is so good of how often we take things out of our lives because we know they're destructive or negative or whatever the case might be. But then you slowly start to like bring them back because you, I want to say you miss the 
feeling because feeling's a weird word to it, but it, you kind of have that. You have this attachment to it because it was so personal to you that now you're like, wait a second, I need this. This is now a part of me. Without this, I am not who I am. And that goes probably back to the identity thing of kind of where we put our identity and what we put our identity in. Because if we put it in to to our our actions, or our friends, or our title, or any of that stuff, if we tie our identity to that, we're not really being true or being able to to have the ability to open up to new experiences. Because a person like this would not do this thing. Uh, if I if I was like this, because I'm a runner, I should not be doing this. Or because I want to do this, I'm not doing that. We can get so caught up in that mindset that then, again, one failure, you start to bring the comforts back. If you want to think of those negative thoughts, it's almost like comfort. You know, here's my comfort food. It's I'm feeling shitty. I want a donut. And it's like, okay, one donut's not a problem. But if you're like, hey, wait a second, I just brought a bunch of more donuts in and I brought something else in that... I was trying to push away because it wasn't good good for me and where I was trying to go. When I say good, I mean in that in that sense. And you're like, wait a second, I pretty and you're back in the same spot you were, not realizing that you missed out on all these other opportunities because again, you you didn't give yourself the the freedom because you kind of locked yourself down. Totally. And it goes back to, I mean when it's like a freaking broken record, how you're programmed, right? If you are told that you're lazy and that's what you believe now, that you're a lazy person, whatever that means to you, your brain is going to start to look for, well, yeah, you're lazy because you didn't turn this in on time or you're lazy because you didn't get off the couch today. Your brain's going to continue to look for all that. And I, that, that exercise and that like analogy is from what to say when you talk to yourself by Shad Helmstetter. Um, I highly recommend it. It's just like a mind. It mindset is such a, um, now it's become such like a mainstream word but it truly is like, it's what you have control over. You can control your thoughts. You can control everything through your brain, but it's like, well, I don't need to do that. I can just change my job or I can just go for a run, whatever. And it goes back to the, it all goes back to the way you were programmed. Um, and that's why you believe what you believe. And so when someone wants to make a change, they'll be like, well, I just need to change my action. Or I just need mm-hmm. to do that sign and zine. It's like, <laughs> yes, but we're going to go all the way back to see what you've been taught about that or what you, the perceived benefits of it are, why you think that you should be doing it. And that's going to change and get you to understand, Oh, I think I should be going to the gym five times a week because that's what I've been told is the key to health. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe you don't like going to the gym or maybe you do. And, uh, and I mean, it all goes back to, to all of it. And it comes up a lot of, Oh, my mom taught me this mm. or my teacher told me I was this. And I've believed that ever since. Yeah. And it's, you, you made a really good point when you brought up the job thing. It's a lot of people think that if you just change your surroundings, that's all it's going to take. You know what? This job is just pissing me off. And if I had another job, I'd be better. And it's like, but would you? 
like you have, there's something else going on. You know, if you keep going to different jobs and they all suck, like again, common denominator, it's you, you suck a little bit, apparently like figure (laughs) out what's going on with you that you can change that mindset. Because if you just change the, the surroundings, you're still moving in it. And if Mm -hmm. you don't kind of focus on what's going on in you, yeah, that mindset, mindset word is definitely getting thrown around a lot, but it is a very, to me, when I think of mindset, it's almost just like, tell me the why again, change my reason of why, or make me understand and be aware of my why. So I I can kind of go forward with the, with the proper information. So if you're just changing the surroundings, all you're doing is changing the channel, but the programming's the same. You know what I mean? It's still local TV news you're, and you're just going to the next channel. Guess what? The same squirrel on the roller skates is going to be on channel 10 as it was on channel six because you're the, it's, it's going through your filter that way. Ooh. I had a bunch of people that I switched jobs. Uh, it's probably been coming up on three years now. I was at a company for nine years and it was more or less just like, you know what? American dream. I got married. We bought a house. I got a job. I'm going to stay here till I die. And that's, and that's going to be the way it is. And then some, the, uh, I watched the minimalist documentary, which literally changed my life. Just again, awareness, not saying I want to live out of a shoebox, which I still do. I like, I want to, I want like 40 square feet of like a van. Like I just want to live out of a van down by the river kind of thing. But the, this idea of putting our value not in things like physical objects, you know, they say use people or use things, not people. Yes. Love people, use yeah. things. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, we're, we're focusing. I'm writing things down. We're good. We got it. I don't think the listeners got it though. They're, they're, like, they're like, I don't see what you guys are doing. What's, what's happening. So if you're not watching the YouTube version of this or an Instagram TV, you may want to do it because you're going to be very confused if you don't see the video. Um, but this idea of changing that mindset and what are you putting value in and and finding joy in these things. Once that happened, my wife and I had a conversation. We're just like, wait a second. Why do we have a four bedroom house in the suburbs when it's just the two of us and our 10 pound dog? Like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why are we doing all these things? I was like, all right, perfect. Downsize two bedroom apartment. We're happier than we've ever been. The job situation. I was just like, why am I, why am I mindlessly going through this day in and day out? Because I'm supposed to. And you're like, wait, no, 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 no. Why am I doing this? Let's, let's reorganize things. And literally within a week of me saying, you know what, maybe I should just like, let's just look, see what's out there. Boom, job offer. And you're like, okay, so maybe, maybe this isn't it, but you have to kind of step out of yourself. That's kind of my whole picture I'm saying here is you need to not just changing the surroundings, but you have to change the mindset around it. Because if I was shitty, if I felt shitty in my old job and I took that same mindset, didn't change anything else, I was just saying, hey, I just need a new place of employment of like, I'm a data analyst. Like technically what I do is the same thing anywhere I go. It's just different data. So if in, in the big picture of it, I'm doing the exact same thing I was doing, but with yeah. a different frame of mind in and a different environment. Sometimes you need both. The environment change itself isn't always going to be the solution though. Totally. And I've been just like, you're, you're on the cusp of this, the analogy directly translates to weight loss, directly translates because we've been taught that if you lose weight, your, the, your personality, your views, your mindset, well, it'll just change with you. And that that's what is going to come. And I've had so many people who have said, well, 
if I lose weight, then I'm going to feel all of this. And whether they might've gained weight and they look back like, well, I was that weight at that time, but I was miserable. I didn't enjoy the person that I was. I wasn't happy. And, uh, and so then you can see like, oh, it's not the, we put so much pressure on weight. That number can drive you insane. And in an actual serious way, it can drive you like up and down every day. And, and it is the, it is, it's the same thing. You're the shell, the physical body that you're inhabiting. It could look different, but you're still, you still have the same mindset. You still have the same views that that's not going to change, that you have to actually do that work to actually change that part of you. And, and it's not, it's not just, it's not just losing weight or gaining weight or whatever you think you need. It's actually changing your soul almost. Yeah. And how many times do we see that where, you know, someone's been working out or whatever, it hasn't been working, hasn't been working. And then they kind of get this aha moment and they change everything else in their life. They, they get a new boyfriend or girlfriend because that other person was toxic. They get a new set of friends. They maybe move, they do whatever. And they kind of say, you know what, I'm going to focus on like my joy and kind of what I'm passionate about and go after this. And it's like, wait a second, all of a sudden I'm doing this now. Like now if again, weight loss was my plan, it's like, okay, well now I'm losing weight. I, I feel better. I feel healthier and I'm doing all these things. And it had nothing to do with the amount of time I necessarily put into the gym. It's you reframed the thinking of what a healthy, happy quote unquote lifestyle is for you. And you kind of just turn that corner when you're like, Hey, I'm happier than I've ever been. I've said this all the time with like, with the work it's, I'm working harder than I have literally ever worked ever, but I have never been happier with the job that I have now. And it's like, it's people associate like hard work is just monotonous. And this is you're on the grind and it sucks. And I don't want to do this, but it's like, no, like what I'm doing is making a difference for people. And I enjoy doing it. I enjoy literally going to work. I mean, I don't go to work. I just go from that room to this room, but yeah, exactly. The idea of, I log into the computer to not record a podcast. Um, But we have this idea where once we turn that corner and realize that again, the number, because I can imagine as a guy, it's not as much of a thing. I am way too self-conscious about my body image and weight and stuff like that, that my wife literally, it's not the best thing to say. She's like, you're such a girl. Like you're such a woman with all of this stuff. Like, why do you care? Why are you worried about it? Again, stereotypical comment. Sorry, I apologize to everyone that I just offended. Uh, But that idea of we get so wrapped up in what that means. And you're like, what is, literally all that says is, is how much pressure you're putting on the ground. Like what, what force that gravity is having to hold you to this earth. That's literally all that, that number is showing you. So why are we so consumed with, with numbers in any way, shape or form or doing a certain lifestyle because this is how other people will view me. And I mean, it comes to, we're all wanting that, that satisfaction or the, the attaboy girl saying, Hey, you're doing the right thing. But once, once you realize that there isn't a right thing, that's kind of the freeing moment. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's hard. I'm like not doing a very good job at promoting intuitive eating. I'm like, it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. And you're really going to want lots of cookies and you're just, it's great. Okay. So what I want to say is that in, 
in intuitive eating, there's, it's not about weight. So some people might gain weight or lose weight or stay the same, but it's, it's not about that. So some people are like, well, like what if I gain weight? And it goes, I mean, we come from, this is a whole other topic, but we come from a fat phobic. That's our society. That's what we've been taught. And so that's where that fear comes from. But to, to step into this place of, I'm going to do things for joy, not for numbers, not for, am I over my calorie limit in my calorie counting app today? That's one, so tedious, two, so joy sucking. It's just, it's not, it's not fun. And it's, you think about like, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? Do I want to rely on the weight, the scale to dictate if I'm going to have a good day or a bad day? Do I want to do all these things? But it, I mean, it's what we've been taught again. And, and it, it's scary to think about a life without those because it seems like, well, what am I, what am I going to rely on? What, what do I use to tell me if I'm going in the right direction? And, uh, and it's you, are you happy? Are you enjoying your life? Are you feeling energized in the morning? Are you eating foods that you like? Are you in a good relationship? Do you have friends that support you that you love? And, and that's what I, obviously what I work on too is, okay, if you're not checking your weight, what are you going to use as like a check-in with yourself of, am I working towards that person that I want to be? Because the weight is sure as heck not going to tell you that, but you can decide for yourself if you're feeling that. And so that's another, the check-ins never stop. You continue to check in because you're always growing. The identity that you set now that you want to be in six months or three months is going to change in six months or tomorrow. And, and that's amazing. And that's the continuous journey that you get to be on and to check in and to continue growing because that, I mean, life, right? <laughs> You, you just like, you wrapped everything up. Just like, I couldn't think of a better way that you wrapped everything up with a nice pretty bow. And then we could just continue the conversation because we have so many side conversations right here that we're just like, we, yeah, we'll put that to, on the back burner. And then, you know, in a few months, we'll have you back on the show. And then it won't be as, as weird when I'm just like, hey, Sarah, you want to hang out on, on podcast? And we're like, this is weird. He texted me again. Um, but... Thanks so much for being on the show. It's, I think this has been a good conversation. I think it's super helpful. I think there's a lot of little pieces that people um, can get things from, but I want them to be able to connect with you if they have more questions about intuitive eating and, and kind of your program and everything you have. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more or connect with you? Totally. Okay. Well, one, this is not me, but if you're at all interested in intuitive eating, get the book intuitive eating. It will change your life. Um, it, it, yes, that I always recommend that get it, read it and let's talk, um, ways to connect with me are social is the easiest Instagram. It's at Sarah Lynn's L A N D S Randall, which is my, well, my middle name's Lindsay, but whatever. Um, uh, it would have been a very long handle. <laughs> um, and, um, on there are links to, like to yoga classes to I run a group program that we're in week three of right now. Um, we'll start again in September so you can get on the wait list. Um, the group has been, um, the most amazing thing I've ever been a part of. It's, we have been taught that you should know everyone looks happy with the way that they are. So you should know how to eat. You should know how to move your body and we don't talk about it. And so to have people who are like, I experienced this and you're like, oh, 
me too. Like that's such a good feeling to be surrounded in this community. And every it's our second round and every time the first call, it's just like you get glued in together as this immediate family. And because you know, it's a safe space and it's so cool to be able to just had take a bunch of strangers from all around the country. And, and we have a woman from Egypt who I love and to put him into a zoom call and to instantly be bonded is huge. Um, so that starts in September and I, I take one-on-one clients too. Um, I, I just love the group program. Obviously I want to work with you one-on-one, but I love the group program. Um, and then I'm also on TikTok, same handle as Instagram. And I love TikTok. I was very against it at first and it has become my home. I love the people on it. Well, the people I'm on the anti-diet food freedom intuitive eating side of TikTok, obviously. And wouldn't that be weird if you weren't like on Instagram, that that's the persona you did, but on TikTok, you're just like, check out South beach diet. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but like it, the videos get shown to the people who want to see it. I see people who are showing and it's just, it's such a, a welcoming space. So if you're on TikTok, follow me, let's be friends. And I coach people in comments. Like it's, it's such a wonderful space and I probably spend too much time on it. I need to set a time limit on it. Um, but I don't, but I was gonna say, the- you need to teach me all the TikTok things because I'm trying to do it with hangry and I'm trying, I'm trying my best, but oh my I, gosh. I feel like, I feel like a very old man that I'm just like, how's this TikTok work with the kids and the TikTok? I'm like, I don't get it, but you can do it. I'm, I'm also like, this is also not about me, but I'm in a group program about social media and TikTok. And, um, and her name is Andrea. She worked. Ugh, it, it's amazing. Um, yeah, that's the best way to get in touch with me. DM me. Like I respond to everyone's questions. I will send you a voice note. You will hear my voice. I am just been not, I don't, don't type a lot on Instagram anymore. Um, yeah. And I like, I want your questions. I want to help. It's my, it's my job. <laughs> it's what I love doing. I, I jumped from ad agency to ad agency. It's the same conversation we just had, like being like, okay, well, this is the environment. This is the client. And I was like, no, wah, you're not meant to do that. Get quit your job. <laughs> yeah. Stop it now. But we'll have, we'll have all of Sarah's stuff in the show notes. You'll be able to do that. So you didn't have to write that down if you didn't. Uh, but yeah, I, like I said, I, found her from her reels and stuff on Instagram. So check it out. I'm going to follow her on TikTok now and I'm going to learn all of the TikTok things. We're going to have like TikTok sessions. Oh, and yeah, she's going to yeah. be like, Jonathan, you're an old man. But <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you so much. Oh, it was amazing. To everyone else, uh, you can reach out to me on social media everywhere at flores.run, except TikTok. It's a hangry TikTok. So it's get hangry and hunger. Uh, I got to figure out how I'm going to work that out, but that's where it is. I did post one today wearing this shirt. So you'll know when this was recorded based off of when you see this shirt. Um, yeah, subscribe, leave a review for the podcast. That's how, how that is how people understand that this podcast is helpful. You get cool people to come on the show, hear really cool things, hear their stories and see how they run with purpose and intentionality. Cause that's what it's all about. It's about this community. And I'm just so excited to be able to host it. They do all the work. I'm just, I'm just the person that hits record. Um, this is my website, www.flores.run. I'm behind on blog posts, but I'll eventually get to them. And I'm updating the website to include some more stuff with the podcast and how you can get involved. Um, hangry again, get hangry and hunger on all of the socials. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything on my side. But thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time. See you next week.